0: We drank Shiner out of Shiner at their own event. That's a good event.
1: They need to just have a Lucy machine for drunk guys like me.
2: That is like pure propaganda from Big Chocolate Milk.
0: Wes is a responsible adult. Travis is an idiot. Everybody knows Marty Smith. They don't know Marty Smith, they don't know ESPN. We're like the MJ Scotty Pippen of, of Can Jam. Don't worry about accolades, go chase the reed. I don't think Wheat Toast exists at Waffle House, Wesley. It does. I ate some this weekend. I have a bachelorette party all next week at my house in Charlotte. You're not responsible
2: for buying the, like, decorations of that, are you?
0: Howdy, y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith Podcast. Wes is in the house, looking very
1: stately. In his What's spectacles? that supposed to mean? I mean stately. It mean, means you're shaved and you have glasses, I think.
2: That, that, does that mean that I look like I'm from a certain state?
0: Clean, shaven face, just, like, I chiseled. I just shaved. Chiseled jaw, uh, absolute poster of physical fitness. And then there's Travis. Hi, buddy. Good morning. Uh, Do I do
1: I not look stately? Like,
0: yeah, I I mean,
1: you look like Rhode Island.
0: I don't know if I would go. (laughs) I don't know if I would go all the way to say stately, but you look very nice and spry. You always have world class hair.
2: If the three of us were from a state. What state would you guess that we're from? I would guess that Marty is. I would actually probably guess Marty's from North Carolina. So
1: uh, no, I'm thinking like a, a like a Dakota or like a, a out Dakota. west somewhere. Yeah. For whom? For, For you? you? You got you got the beard, and I mean, Dakota. but if you go. You know, south or north. Like, if I don't hear your <laughs> accent, I'm thinking you know. Maybe the I don't think anyone's somewhere. actually
2: from North
0: Dakota. I think they just moved there. Um, I, I would have maybe had a Dakota at somewhere around the 48th state that you would have chosen, Travis, <laughs> but here we are. Uh, it's been a couple weeks since we did a show. It's great to be with you boys this morning and everyone listening. Thank you guys, the thousands of you who invest in what we're doing every week. We appreciate it. Heard from a lot of y'all. Sorry we didn't have a show last week. I was out of the country all week long. So we just didn't have an opportunity to do one. That's on me. Um, But it's been quite a couple weeks here. I have been all over the place, um, covering college football for ESPN, doing features for a lot of those games um, and and, and shows, as it were. Uh, Spent my entire week in Costa Rica last week prior to – uh, flying from Liberia to Atlanta to Memphis to drive to Oxford to be in Oxford for what was a great football game between the Kentucky Wildcats and the Ole Miss Rebels and Lane Kiffin and howdy the boys howdy. prevail. Lane's they are undefeated.
1: Were you working the sideline for that game? Did I see that correctly?
0: I was – on. no, I did not work the sidelines. I, uh, just the last couple of segments of the SEC Nation program, they had us on the sidelines to do some live reporting because okay. we actually went past the noon break window and all the way right up to kickoff, which was okay. really I cool. Saw you
1: with, I, saw, I saw a video on Twitter with you with Stoops, and I was like, wait, are you doing sideline for that? So I was confused by that. No,
0: that, that interview with Coach Stoops was for SEC Nation, uh, live there on the program. <laughs> and How was Stoops so, feeling before the game? I mean, extremely confident. I don't know why you wouldn't. Uh, you, you got a great quarterback who came out and played a little slow at first, and they're a really good football team. Yeah, they lost, but this is a special time for Kentucky football. And I can't wait to see what that Tennessee game looks like. Uh, those are, are two really special groups and, and they're very led different. by guys that that have really resurrected those programs and one thing that i love so much about coach stoops i don't know if we've done a show since that piece aired but a couple of weeks back i went up to lexington to sit down with coach stoops and learn about his path to where he is now Uh, growing up in youngstown ohio with his older brothers mike and bob and uh, both of them of course Uh, former head coaches at the power five level Mike was at Arizona for several years and Mark told me if Mark was still at Arizona it wouldn't be in the situation it's in now and of course Bob won the 2000 national title at the University of Oklahoma with the Sooners and is just a hall of fame coach so it's uh it's an amazing lineage that they have and you know, the the, the the administration and the athletics department, the, the athletic director at the University of Kentucky gave Mark time to build a program. Um, it takes it, – it's not something – unless you're Sam Pittman, it's not something that you turn in a day. I mean, well, there he, are – He took
1: a program that was down and built it up. And, like, right now I think with the transfer portal and NIL, it's a little – like, you can – jumpstart a program much faster like he did it the hard way and it took some time but you're right Kentucky gave him the time and I wish other schools would take notice and like, you'd got to give a coach more than three years to get things going with some of these programs you can't just if you keep firing you're just going to be in a revolving door of failure
2: well well maybe we'll find the right one eventually I mean have y'all seen the number of of the buyout just for coaches that have been fired this season 60 million dollars it's nuts
0: it's um, it really is pretty remarkable. It's so much money, and it's like we saw uh, down at the Little Rock Touchdown Club when Coach O spoke. You know, it's like, okay, you, you, you're gonna pay me seventeen point one million dollars to walk mm-hmm. out the door.
2: Which one do you want me to walk out of? How,
0: how how fast do you want me gone? I mean, you want me to leave a tip? I don't know, but I don't blame you. Yelp review. But it uh, it's wild uh, where we are with the sport. Wes' Georgia Bulldogs escape, and that is a hey. that is a applicable word. Wins a win. They escape uh, Columbia, Missouri, and they
2: don't put E's on the W and L column,
1: Marty. They put W's and L's. <clears throat> they do. They got a W, and you but guys won. I, but I tell you what, though, when you're coming off a national championship that one close game you're able to be like okay but when they you start to rack up these close wins yeah at some point it's like you got to get it turned on or else you're going to get got like granted you know Ohio State had a very similar we came out looked good against Virginia Tech in 2015 and then we had a bunch of these close games and you found you you don't get it fixed in time and somebody's going to get you and right now I mean Kent State and Missouri like I don't, I don't watch Georgia as much as you, yeah. Wes, but, like, what's I, I'm the I'm not going to bore you all the details of, of why it happened,
2: but it's a young team, and they can't just show up and win. Nickobe Dean's not on the team anymore, you know, and they're, they're trying to find these guys that are able to lead in the heat of these games, and a lot of them haven't been in the situation yet. And sometimes you've got to be in them to figure out how to manage your way out of them. I'll say Stetson Bennett on the score, on the stat sheet, rather, had a terrible game. But I was very impressed with what Stetson did in that game. They needed touchdown drives, and Stetson got it together, even though he was rattled by that Mizzou defense. They were in cover zero, man. And I'm not a stats uh, analysis football expert mind, but I do know that cover zero means we're going to run 11 people into your face mask. And that's what they did to Stetson all night. And he started to feel the ghosts through the second and third quarter. But by the fourth he straightened up and started to hit some throws. So, not a great day on the stat sheet for the mailman, but he did deliver when Georgia needed him to, and I think that's a silver lining for the dogs.
0: I didn't see a single down of that game, uh, not one. So, I got to go back and watch it. But, look, every, it, it, almost every team that makes its way to a special season has those moments where they're going to have to figure out who is going to be the alpha they're going to have to figure out how they can prevail even when they don't have their best stuff and the southeastern conference is really hard people could look at this team or that team on paper because they have uh, a 500 record or they've you know speaking of escaping uh you know barely escaping against this team or that team but That Missouri team was probably extremely pissed off because they gave one away against the Auburn Tigers. And they wanted to, you know, they wanted to come out and play really well at home. And nobody – I mean, I don't even know what the line was. Heaven knows what the line was. Uh, I think think it was like 20, 20,
1: 21, 23
2: something. It was too much. Yep.
0: And so, uh, look, it's hard to win in that league. I don't care who you're playing – Uh, it's really difficult to win. And we're seeing that. I mean, there are teams that during the preseason, some people felt like had an opportunity to have really special seasons who are still working through trying to figure it out. Um, But, yeah, I don't know, man. It's – I don't know who's going to win the national championship. We're five weeks in, right, or six? Five weeks in? Uh, and Five, yeah. Five. And I don't –
1: I know who I think looks good, but. Can we just take a second? Wes, what the hell are you drinking out of a a jug of water? Have you ever heard of a cup?
2: I just grabbed this on my way into the office, man. This is uh, Amelia Electrolyte Water.
1: Oh, is that your
0: new water? My daughter's name is Amelia. Well,
2: you should get her this water, Marty. She'd really like to drink it.
0: Is there an airplane on there?
2: Yeah, it's Amelia Earhart.
0: (laughs) Okay. I didn't know Amelia Earhart had a uh, water deal.
2: Yeah.
1: People she have got had an IL water deal.
2: <laughs> people have had a hard time finding it.
0: What is it? I understand the joke, Wes.
2: Uh, it is, I don't know, man. She. Uh,
0: Travis is just now no. catching up to the joke. <laughs> naturally
2: occurring alkaline water bottled at the historical Black Creek Aquifer in Saratoga, North Carolina. So... And where where'd you is. get
0: that? Did you get that, that down at the QT at uh, the corner of Main Street and 5th in Athens?
2: <laughs> no. It'd be Broad Street. Uh, Broad Street. Okay. No, I just got it at the Publix. See, I don't, is that where you shop for your groceries? Depends on what I need to get. Um, okay. Kroger's got certain things. Publix has certain things. And sometimes I get a little crazy and go to Trader Joe's. So,
1: See, you really never can tell. I, I'm... Uh, I'm a Publix, Target, and Trader Joe's. And Trader Joe's is, hands down, I think, the greatest place sorry. for food, especially for single guys. It has everything that you could, like, need. What What's that, that got to, to do with anything? What, 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 I think what I know do what you mean. even mean <laughs> for single guys? You, you going in there to pick up chicks? Like, no, what no, are you no, talking sorry. about? That's,
0: That's what I
2: assumed poop. he meant. <laughs> I mean, that's the only explanation. Like, that better hey, be the
0: explanation. The
2: talent no. at
1: the Trader Joe's
0: is—he uh, no, really <laughs> likes uh, going after the <laughs> the ladies at the down at the Trader Joe's.
1: I mean, there are pretty ones, but I was talking about the frozen food section, uh, the gnocchi, the alfredo, lots of things that you can cook on the stove or throw in the oven, and it makes it real quick and easy and like small portions. It has everything: mozzarella sticks, fried ravioli. Like it has. What is
0: gnocchi? It's, like, it's a, like a cell
1: phone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can you text on that thing, Travis?
1: <laughs> you don't know what Neoki is. This is why I, I said know Travis what looks I like know what
0: I know what Noki is.
1: <laughs> no, I it, don't
0: know where that I don't I, I don't know what Neoki is. Is that like uh, is that Columb Italian? What What are we doing <laughs> That's here? That's
1: how it's pronounced, is it not? Is that Ohio Ohio Italian? I don't think it's pronounced <laughs> "Noki," is it? Oh, hi, I, I Italian, it yo! I
2: thought it was kind of like a "yo," yeah. Gnocchi. I don't know, man. Um, but it is good for single guys, Travis. You're right. There's a lot of junk food that you can justify because it's somewhat healthy. Well, it's not
1: even it's not even junk food. Like they have like frozen peppers that I use a lot of times when I'm cooking other things and throw in the skillet real fast. It just yeah. makes life easy now they do have a lot of unhealthy things that are delicious there too they're fun for kids too they
2: have the little miniature grocery carts that the kids can push around and oh do
1: they yeah. i remember th- there was a grocery store when i was growing up i think it was called like rays and they always had like the little shopping carts and i was fun if you could get one of those as a kid yeah we only had well we had two when i was little we had food line and then
0: like a mile away there was wade's Wade's was, I think, I might be mistaken, but I think Wade's was a western Virginia, southern West Virginia store. Okay. Family owned. And on Sundays, they had these fried chicken, potato wedge, Ooh. coleslaw, Ooh, yuck. fried chicken meal meals and my mom would go to the wades and she would get these things and and first of all the chicken was delicious but it was the potato wedges that made it because they put some seasoning on them they weren't just a tater wedge they had some kick to them and boy you put that high fructose corn syrup
1: uh, ketchup on there buddy it was ready to go the rotisserie chicken has taken over the world, and I'm. I, it's another item that uh, is great for single men. Is just grab the rotisserie chicken, and you got food for two days.
0: Well, Laney, so so we love getting the rotisserie chicken over here at the Harris Teeter, but Laney made a new revelation last week. Not only do they have the rotisserie chicken, but they've gone so far as to. Uh. Um. Uh, shred the chicken breast from the rotisserie chicken and box that so wow. it's so easy it's already shredded white meat for you to eat
1: wait
2: you can I, put that did, in so many I things know they did that
0: it's delicious i mean you got buffalo and, and it's like did. ready to go
2: sandwiches
0: you you d- warm it up with some some buffalo sauce mm-hmm. throw it in a wrap with some avocado and maybe a little bit of you know mexican cheese blend and it's as good as you gonna find, man. And it takes three minutes.
1: You can also like on a some on a winter day salad in there. You get some uh, chicken, some noodles, and then just throw the chicken in there. Get some chicken noodle soup. Like that is, you don't have to do all the work. Wow. I, I need to see if Publix is shredding their chicken then because that's they probably are. Battle. They think of they a probably lot of that are. Stuff. I mean,
0: it's 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 amazing. I mean, I was so excited when she. I was like, wow, you already shredded the rotisserie chicken. This was the last time I was home, which was I don't know when it was. I don't mm. remember when it was. See, Last she sh- she Sunday. She shouldn't have
1: told you. She shouldn't have told you that they sell it that way. She should have given herself a credit for that. That's a good point. Laney messed up there.
2: Do y'all talk to the uh, cashier when you check out? Do you try
0: to Always. talk to him?
1: Every single time, yes. I, if I go through it, a lot of times you do the self, but yeah, you know, hello, how are you, how are you doing? You know, little back and forth. But the worst part though is a lot of times they, when you're ending the conversation with them, or like oh, it's specifically like at the airport when you're buying something so they'll say, have a nice flight or, you know, have a good day. And then I'll, I'm not thinking, I'll say you, you too, too. And they're like, they're like saying like, enjoy your day. And I'm oh, saying you yeah. too. And they're like, I'm stuck here at work. Like, like enjoy like, this oh,
2: shredded rotisserie chicken. You too. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you oh, too. Wait, and you're
1: like, oh, that's mine. They're not getting
0: yeah, it. Yeah. That's the awkward you too is, uh, that's always a rough one because you re- as soon as you say it, you're like, that was awkward, man. Because they're not—they
1: get They're not, <laughs> they you know, get it they're not the going. They're not
0: going to go fly today.
1: <laughs> they just—they just clocked in. They got eight. They got eight more hours yeah, of work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <right. laughs> I'm not going anywhere, pal. You know the other. Thanks speaking for of it like, in. Talking to people, I notice the other thing is when passing somebody, a lot of times both people say, "How are you doing?" and at times nobody responds with the ants the question yeah. to the, the answer to the question. Just, or they
0: both say good at the exact same time.
1: <laughs> yes. Hey man, uh, how's it going? Oh,
0: I, I, I,
2: uh, I don't really need to know. Just to ask. When it. I was in
0: Costa Rica, I got um I got this ant bite on my Ooh. middle toe on my right foot. Ooh. And my middle toe on my right foot looks like a little sausage. <laughs> it's Ooh. smoky. Like it's like it looks like a Martinsville hot dog. It's put some nuclear pink.
2: It. Yeah, put a oh, put a pig in the blanket. <laughs> some, I could some Pillsbury croissant around that thing.
0: Seriously, man, it it's weird looking. I mean, Laney noticed. I noticed it uh, when I was walking through the airport on Friday night. Uh, when I got to Atlanta Airport, we landed in the international terminal, as you might imagine, imagine since we flew from Liberia. Mm. And Harry is my. What? <laughs> it's
2: not It's not around here, Liberia. It's not
0: a domestic flight, Travis. I'm aware. Liberia, Arkansas uh, does not count. Um, <laughs> so we're walking through the airport. I mean, we, we're spent, man. We have been busting our hump for three straight days or whatever in Costa Rica doing this massive feature, which I'm not – I'll explain it. It's not going to air for a while. But anyway – uh we're like let's get some extra steps let's be tryhards here and make our way we walked from the international terminal all the way to the t gates at the airport you didn't take the plane train we didn't take the plane train or the moving sidewalk What are you doing it must have been i don't know how far it is but if it wasn't like a mile if it wasn't at least a mile i'd be shocked it's probably more than that let me explain the plane
2: train to you marty you get in the plane train And then it takes you right to the T-gate, and you don't have to walk at all. That's.
0: I had made my way through customs already. And how about I walk up to customs, and the first thing the guy says is, hey, man, my dog's going to get it done. (laughs) You ain't transporting any illegal ants, are you? Okay, Uh, good.
2: My dog's going to win?
0: He said uh, it was actually the other way around, Wes. The very first question was not, uh, what do you have in your bag? Do you have any perishable items? Uh, uh, well, firearms? No, my dog's gonna get it done. And then I, <laughs> when we got, we get through customs and we go to uh, like to come. You got to go get your bag and then go back through security to get into the domestic airport. And Harry had checked a bag, so we're going through that next round and uh same thing the guy comes out from behind the metal detect uh like the you know where you put your bags through what do you call that thing x-ray conveyor belt
2: yeah i just call him tsa
0: yeah tsa guy comes out from behind the thing he's the guy that is inspecting the stuff and he's like what's up man how about them dogs (laughs) and i'm like yeah man they're damn good you're like how about my bag
2: is it good oh i love that
0: and uh, and it was just really funny. But – so we walked – we walked all the way from the International Terminal to the – to exactly, like, all the way down to the T-Gates. It's, a, it's as far as you can go. It's the entire airport. And as we're walking, I'm like, man, something's insane. going on my toe. Like, there's something – something feels weird in there. My sock must be bunched up. Have I rubbed a blister? I don't know what's going on. Well, I get to – oxford mississippi that night take my shoe off and my dang toe looks like a pig in a blanket i mean it is nuclear pink and swollen up and last night the bite man, like the bite made its way to the surface and man it's right beside the nail yeah
2: oh did you know that you'd been bitten
0: no I got bite. I have bites all over my legs, and I I didn't have any idea during while I was getting bit. No I don't one know, warned you, it,
2: like, "Hey, watch out for the famous Costa Rica volcano ant." It'll. We were
0: it walking through the jungle, man. I mean, the real jungle. This was not like. You have a machete. Uh, this was not Animal Kingdom. This was the real thing. And you would have a fast pass. We uh, <laughs> man, my G-mash. my legs feel like braille. <laughs>
2: There's a message on your leg.
1: F I mean, you from the ant. Have you put stuff on it since? Hydrocortisone. Uh Laney has this stuff
0: Alloyable? called Afterbite. Mm. And I put on some Afterbite. When do
1: you put that on? After you get bit. <laughs> oh. I used to have, it was like a, a Benadryl, but it was like in a pen form, like a gel thing. And so like, you get a bite or whatever, you just like. That's what Afterbite is, Travis. That stuff works. You might have like had it. kind of. Kind or they of draw have it like on
0: there. You kind of paint it on there. It's like this super intense smelling gel hmm. that allegedly pulls the sting and/or the itch from
1: the boo boo. Have you ever heard that if you get a mosquito bite, you just draw an X over it and it won't itch? With what? Like a sharpie? Your fingernail.
0: No, I never heard of that. Well, I know that, that Lainey has I think she draws a square around it or something. Like you poke a cootie it. shot. Circle, poke, circle, dot dot.
1: Poke <laughs> your way around the uh around a bike. Speaking of things we need to talk about though, uh you sent us a video. Um I don't I forget when you shot this, but you were down in Alabama doing some racing. So <clears throat> as you guys know, I have a
0: Awesome relationship with Academy Sports and Outdoors and everybody down there. I love that place. Uh, I love being affiliated with them. And we do all this content. We have a a franchise called Traditions. And we're going to – I'll just take a minute and tell you about it. So, the very first one that we did for the new season, which came out on Wednesday, uh, however many days ago that is now, I went down to Stevenson, Alabama. Alabama you know, a small town in Alabama where they have this dirt track, like quarter-mile dirt track or something, and flat track. And these guys show up there, and they spend an entire day racing lawnmowers. Now, these are not your standard snapper. These things are souped-up racing machines that look like you're riding lawnmower, kind of. I met this guy, Mark, who – Uh, is a former dirt late model racer I mean he might still be but I know he has a bunch of dirt late models and and used to race them a lot before he was diagnosed with cancer and so as he's making his way through his cancer recovery he can't race his late model but he came to one of those dirt races he attended one of those dirt races and was like dude I got to get my fix so he goes out and gets an alcohol-fueled lawnmower that goes they use use tito's or what kind of alcohol they use like a hundred mile an hour this thing he tells me when we get there like i didn't know i was going to race the thing i they surprised me with the fact that i'm going to race it and so i'm looking at this thing and it's a it's a racing machine i mean if you were mowing your lawn with that thing you'd be done in six minutes Mm. and so I get on it, and it was a very hot day. This was months ago when we when we shot this thing. And it was a very hot day, so the racetrack was really dry and very dusty. And I get on it, and I can't stop spinning it out because it has way more power than the racetrack conditions. It, it was more power than the racetrack conditions could kind of handle. Plate. And so, well <laughs> – I didn't really need a restrictor plate. I needed talent, and I didn't have that. And so I'm going down in the corner trying to massage this thing through the corner and get power back to the ground off the corner, and I'm just continually mismanaging that, that fine line, that ratio. I stepped over every – no matter how much I tried. But it was so fun, and the best part about it, and, and this is what I love so much about Academy – We find these stories, whether they're fishing stories, whether they're hiking. um, uh, There's one coming up here. I went up to Lexington, Kentucky, and and participated in this Ultimate Frisbee experience with the University of Kentucky Ultimate Frisbee team. All of these events and and exercises and experiences that we do are so community-driven. I love the camaraderie of them. And racing is such an awesome family. It's fun to see young kids working on those machines and then going out and racing them. They're learning it from the ground up, which I have particular appreciation for. And if you, I mean, there was a moment where there was a guy who needed a part and didn't have the part and was going to have to load that thing back up and drive home, and the other competitors were like, no way, dude, here. Gave it to him. So he was able to race that day. And that is racing. And you find that at short tracks all over this country at every level, whether it's a street stock, whether it's a mini stock, whether it's a late model stock car at Saturday night racetracks all over this country, they fight each other to win. And sometimes with fists, but when it comes down to it, if somebody has an issue, if somebody is going through something personally that is a family that's there for him, and I that's what I felt in Stevenson, Alabama. It was really cool. And Mark had us to, the kind of backstory. Mark had us over to his bar. He has a bar, I don't know, like 20 minutes away from where we raced. And we go in that bar, and it was exactly the kind of place I knew it was going to be. It was a cool jukebox with 1980s country music on it, 90s country on it. It was really good cold beer and it was pool tables Uh, i'm positive that they had a cigarette machine which y'all know how i am about that even though i've never had a single cigarette in my mouth there's something really cool about those old school cigarette machines that you pull out the lever and you shove the lever back in and you pack a marlboro reds falls out i love that mess and so mark showed us a lot of great hospitality we ate there the food was phenomenal but Stevenson, Alabama. I'm it was awesome, the video man. Right
2: now it looks like Mario Kart. You're spinning everywhere.
0: It's kind of like Mario Kart. I mean,
1: what is you're it? A dodging Honda, a lot of John things. Dear Husk
2: Husqvarna? where do you out well, there? Well, this
1: thing that the one that he was driving, uh Mark spent over $18,000 on this lawn mower. Right. This and thing is this thing is not a just like put some tires on it and you no, know, this thing is souped up. Legit. Marty in the Nine he, car, of course.
0: Yep, they put my number on the side. Sweet I, I just, it was really cool, man. Uh, yeah, Mark had some Dale Earnhardt Jr. skeleton hand racing gloves that he he let me wear.
1: Well, I was gonna say, you know, you've always been said that you look like Dale, and from afar, I think if Dale does gets into the acting uh, area and he needs a stunt <laughs> devil like double. You could do that because from afar there was one angle where it looked like Dale was standing there. So I think you know that could be your future if you if you need someone to like spin out and not look good at racing, you could fill in that spot for him. Well,
0: Dale is a mighty handsome man. Very kind of you,
1: Travis. How how nervous were you though? Because you raced against like three twelve-year-olds. Yeah, Uh, I was
0: really nervous at first because so I drew the pole. Uh, They draw for the starting lineup, and I had the pole position i was going to start on the inside of the front row and i was like what if i go down here in the corner and spin out and i just wad up the whole field because you couldn't if you were not the leader you could not see it was so dusty it was impossible to see and so we made the executive decision for me to start shotgun on the field instead so that i could kind of feel my way around and then starting shotgun on the field you just can't you can't see so i just had to get up out of the groove and try to try to see and there were a couple of real close calls. Like there, two two lawnmowers spun out in front yep. of me, and I had to make an evasive maneuver. You did. You dodged I mean,
2: right to the right of it. I just watched it. I'm just glad I to didn't spot ask back anybody. Well, the kid but, on here in the all black is just a badass. He's like speed racer out here.
0: Well, there's those those kids are talented, man. And I mean, they have huge dreams. They. Those guys want to go cup racing someday. And it's well, that's awesome. what
1: it took. Uh, it took me back when you were, i forget the gentleman that you're talking to—and he started tearing up talking about his son, and he he said like he's got it. Like, you know, it's this. This is more than like, I think. You know, people that watch it at first are oh lawnmower racing. Think it's just this fun little thing. Like it, it means a lot to these people.
0: Yeah, it's, and it ain't cheap. I mean, these parents are. You got to think about what it costs. I mean Travis just said it. Mark now Mark is certainly an extreme case. Spending almost $20,000 on something you go race you know on dirt and on a Saturday afternoon in nowhere Alabama is crazy. Not everybody has that same type of equipment or the opportunity or the financial means to go get that equipment, but they're all sacrificing because I mean I was walking through the paddock through the through the the kind of tuning area and there was a trailer and i noticed the first thing i noticed was a huge number three flag all the way down the side of this trailer the inside wall of the trailer and so of course i was intrigued and walked over there and asked the guy how much it would cost me to come off the hip to take that home with me and he politely declined but this was a family from missouri and they drive around so that their son can race these things and they work on them and they work on them as a family, and, you know, mom's over there making sandwiches and dad's turning wrenches and junior's turning wrenches, and they go a lot. I mean, think about it. That's their weekends as a family, and that, there's something really beautiful about that, too. There's something beautiful about driving around the country together, dragging a race car, seeing the world together. And then you inject the beauty of competition and the lessons of competition – into that equation and i mean that what a rich what a rich way to live Mm. for that family now i imagine they're stretched because it is not cheap to put tires on any racing vehicle it's not cheap to make sure that it's a it's it's a competitive piece no matter what you're racing it costs money and so just really cool to me. Yeah, I think that I don't know if it's just watched, a beautiful uh, culture.
2: Drive to Survive, but I think that series shows in such a great way the detail of all these F1 drivers pasts and how many of their parents gave up their whole life to invest yeah. in their kids. And that's not just racing, but certainly racing at that level and in a lot of sports these days too, man. These parents, if your kid has it, you got to – hop on that ride with them if you can.
0: Well with travel ball now I mean it's it's a very common refrain for a lot of parents these days because the days of growing up like we did where you were very insulated in the town in which you grew up and you played football in the fall and basketball in the winter and baseball in the spring all the way through the summer right back to two a days that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I love the the thought of a multi sport athlete. I think it just is such a rich experience for the person. But anymore, I mean I mean by the time you're, you know, twelve or thirteen, a lot of young people now are going, I'm chasing football. I'm chasing basketball. I'm playing baseball. And they're playing that sport three
1: hundred and fifty days a year. What's crazy though is you have these people that are Given up on the other sports at a young age, but then if you go up and down a college roster in football, let's say, the amount of players that have were two sport athletes in high school outnumber the single sport. Yet for some reason, we have people quit in sports at a young age. It's one thing if you're listen, Lebron James gave up football after his junior year of high school. It's understandable why he gave up football then. It's under, so if you give it up in high school, like I can see why if you see a path. But in, when you're twelve, 13 they should be staying in all those sports because it's going to benefit them.
2: What do we hear from so many coaches that say like at the college level, I loved, you know, Trayvon Walker because I've watched him play basketball and I knew that he was special in that arena. Like it it is something that is important. And I wonder about that. I wonder about losing that edge, losing those other skills and cross training about what it'll do to the
0: game and, in so many different sports. Well, Even above that, it's like hanging out with your buddies. I mean, it's building those amazing memories with your buddies that are your football teammates. It becomes a job. All them dudes, all them dudes are like, "Man, I'm playing hoops. Come play hoops." Yeah. And I just there is there is uh, so much benefit from experiencing all those different competitive arenas and. Not just one, but I get it. I mean, these days, if – did I just hit mute? Nope. We got okay. I can hear you. Anytime I adjust this microphone, it, like, blinks at me, and I think I've hit that mute button.
1: Um, Back to the, the lawn mowing, though. Were there any zero-turn radius lawn mowers? I, I want like to see someone try to race one of those. Why not? I think you could do some serious drifting and stuff on those puppies.
2: Could do some, some donuts, maybe in the parking lot or something. Maybe that's a separate competition. Um,
0: I feel like what I was driving was as close to zero turn as you could get, Travis, because I did a whole lot of you did. spinning out.
1: My, uh, my lawn mowing experience uh, was short-lived because... Uh, you didn't have to mow your yard as a kid? No, no, no. no. So, uh, I tried, and the lines were not up to my dad's standards, so I quickly was fired. <laughs>
0: wow so your dad is your dad like super neurotic lawn guy oh yeah
1: he's like if you know he mows it this way one week the next week it's got the line you gotta mow it the other way and and why does he do that because it's good for the grass and it looks good and so like i quickly i think i mowed like three times in my life and then i was like all right you are not mowing it and he just took that push mower right out of your hands huh no no we had a a ride
2: mower
0: yep i remember eighth grade basketball we did a fundraiser. We did a car wash as a fundraiser. And the jeweler in town, Mr. Dowdy, Eddie Dowdy, Doughty, Dowdy's Jewelers.
1: <laughs> Come on, down Had a 19, I'm guessing
0: 88, 87, 88, 89, old box body Mustang 5.0 convertible that was teal.
2: Ooh, Mr. Dowdy.
0: Mr. Dowdy had paper. No damn body else had paper but Mr. Doughty had paper.
1: And yeah. he let you know too with that. Well, deal. that's where every
0: I mean every engagement ring from Newport to Parisburg to Nara's was bought at Doughty's Jewelers. Let so, because every uh, high school graduation ring was bought there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jossens, baby. <laughs> yeah. Get you some. I got to wear my state ring on here one time just to go full Buddy Garrity on you guys. Wes is, is looking for his right I got now. It. Yeah, I,
2: got, I don't have a state ring, I wish. Um,
1: I don't have a state ring, but when I, I was ring. 12 years old for my, uh, I guess, Pop Warner football team, I was voted Mr. Bruin. My team was the Bruins, and so I still have like a, a medal. You are Mr. And Bruin? I mean, yeah. What's it, what's it, it take you tell to be Mr. Bruin? Man? I'd introduce
0: myself. Hi, Mr. Bruin, <laughs> Travis I bring up I've known the Travis time. for uh, – how long have we yeah. known each other? Five, seven years, something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. And we've been talking today for 40 minutes and I'm I'm just now learning you were Mr. What Bruin the hell, yeah. dude.
1: Yeah. It wasn't the best player. It was more of like the MVP. So like that's what I got that when we won the city championship that year. <laughs> what position were you? What what do you think I played? You played center. Yep. <laughs> Boom. I knew and it. And what made you Mr. Bruin? I just did it all. I was just the, you know, listen, Selfless. they couldn't if like like in blowout <laughs> games, they would try to like move players around to get them carries and stuff, they couldn't take me off center because nobody else could do it. Just consistently snapping that ball. Like in the city championship, I kid <laughs> you not, there was one series where me and the quarterback – nobody knew, like, the play. <laughs> it was just the quarterback would come up and, like, tap left or right and I, and silent count, and we would just – QB sneaks left and right a bunch. Dang. So, Travis, <laughs> so you guys were an under center team. Oh, yeah. Always under center. Never had a shotgun. Okay. Pro set, baby. But We're this going was, pro style offense. This here. was Woody Hudson used to say. We're in an eye
2: at every yeah, play Three yards. Yeah, three yards. No doubt, dust. Larry. Every team is in the eye. Fullback.
1: It's two thousand and two. Yeah. yeah, we beat the Panthers to win it all. The Bruins
0: won the city championship over the Panthers,
1: and we we had and Mister Bruin too. number yeah. sixty three, no forty three.
0: Travis At was on center? page 3B of the sports section. Did you play linebacker, too, or just center? No, DB. What position? Defensive back. What position? Star, corner, corner safety. What okay. Were you you were, so you were a center and a corner. That's a, that's a hell of an athletic feat. There's I, not a whole lot of individuals in the history of man since they made the football out of pigskin yeah, that ball, there's been that was a guy who played a, cornerback. A gut. Who was a lockdown, rock hole, Travis Island. Travis We've Island. heard of Rivas Island, but have you heard of Travis I don't, Island? I don't, I don't know much about uh, Only the city of Columbus knows Travis Island. I don't know about much about lockdown because statue. I've. Ask the Panthers about Travis Island. They still don't it, talk it,
1: about him. No, because if you want to ask the kid named Dathan Lyles for the Panthers in the championship game, this boy I, – listen, I was short. I went into high school at 4'11", so imagine how short I was as 12-year-old. You're kidding year old. me. No. I, Are you like, taller I, than I am now? No, I think you still have me. So but you're like, like, what, 5'11", something like no, that? No, I'm like, I'm like just at 6 feet. Okay. Yeah. But, like, when I was 12 years old, I could barely make the minimum weight to play. Wow. And so, like – but this kid, Dathan – he ran my ass over. He had the ball. I tackled him, <laughs> but it was like I went backwards just holding on to him. <laughs>
0: Reminds me of my Cornell Wesley story. We were we were my senior year of high school, we were really damn good. And Radford High School was really good. And we went over to Radford to play the Bobcats. And they had a tailback named Cornell Wesley, who. Hmm. If Cornell wasn't two hundred pounds, Cornell I'd be West shocked. League. Cornell, I don't know if Cornell went on to play high school football. I mean, pardon me, college football or not, but this dude was a dude. And so they had first down and ninety-seven yards to go. I mean, we punted or something and pinned them deep, or they fumbled a kick off. I don't know, but it's first and forever. And they run old school, off tackle right. And Foster Ridpath hands the football off to Cornell Wesley. Or maybe toss sweep one of the two. And I fill the hole. I am going to knock the crap out of Cornell Wesley. And I hit Cornell Wesley in that hole. And I mean, it was a pop, dude. Just. And I laid on my back and looked over my shoulder and watched Cornell Wesley go 80 yards. Mm. For a touchdown. 80, however, 95 yards. I mean, he ran. I was a speed bump. And guess how much I weighed when I graduated from high school? 145. 38. It also makes me think about being on the Parisburg Lions when I was in fourth grade and weighed a popcorn fart. And they, (laughs) if you were 135 pounds, which I think was the, I think, so. so our little league football went fourth grade to seventh grade. Think about that. Think about the difference between being a fourth grader and a seventh grader. So <clears throat> all the big boys, I think it was 135 pounds or more, you, they took black electrical tape Put on your and made a huge X on both sides of the helmet as a warning sign that you're about to get mauled like one of the Bruins from the Columbus
1: City League. Lima. Dude. I still have my helmet from when I played. Of course you do, you're oh, Mr. Man. Bruin. What, was it leather? No, <laughs> no. It, it looks it looks like a Ohio State helmet. Only the face mask was uh, black.
2: That's pretty sick.
1: Did they put Buck out? Were you guys the? Oh, you were the Bruins. No, yeah, no stickers. But everything was. I actually still have a jersey too. I need to bring it down to Nashville. I need to put my helmet on my desk. I don't know if
2: you should do that, but it is pretty cool that you're Mr. <laughs> Bruin. <laughs> you're like you're like Voldemort to all those panthers that you they don't even say your name anymore
1: hey what <laughs> go ahead
0: travis
2: this
1: will be good. i want- I want to see west do you you do you have a football story from back well,
2: in well i uh I could not play Little League football. I had some uh issues with my brain, and uh you you may have gathered that if you've listened to this podcast for <laughs> I was a gonna longer. ask
0: have those been remedied now that you're thirty <laughs> yeah. five
2: no and then um I had too many concussions in high school, so it was a it was a constant theme. But um, forgot what I was saying. But uh, there no high school football. There was a kid that was slight of build. He was probably Travis's size, and I'm not gonna say his name on the show today. But he went out for Why football. Why not? Well, you'll find out. Okay. He went out for football because he saw another kid in our class and he said, oh, that guy's a linebacker. Based on my size, I think I could probably play cornerback. Well, the kid in our class was actually indeed not a linebacker. He was also a cornerback. So this automatically made this gentleman who decided to join our team the smallest person on the team. And one day uh, our starting running back who had a lot of D1 looks offers all, all of the above. This is 5A football in the state of Georgia in 2007, 2006. that's as big as it got. now we got seven classes. Well, he has a uh, very similar experience as you had Marty, uh, against that running back and, and I don't know if anyone's heard from him since. He just got cleaned up and uh, it was tough to watch and I think someone should have done a better job warning him, but you can't make decisions about joining a football team based on, you know, who you think someone else what, what position you think they're playing because it can get you in a lot who of things. Who was pain. this running
1: back? What's that? Who was the running back? Is this is it a how well, the name of would he, know? He
2: never
0: never materialized, never materialized so. Uh, but Rock Robinson was our guy. He was What a great name. Yeah, Rock, was he the inspiration for Coffee Town? Part of it. That name no doubt, no doubt. Rock Robinson is a coffee town. Uh, that's definitely a coffee town. Left guard, oh Rock Robinson. Rock He's Robinson,
2: got a... yeah. Now, um, Dowdy's Jewelers probably sponsored
0: the the first down. <laughs> Moving the chains with Doughty. Dowdy's Jewelers. Oh, yeah. I never finished my Eddie Dowdy story, yeah, so we did this. Um, we did this car wash, and Mister Dowdy brought his five zero Mustang, and all of us were like. You know, it was glowing. Ah, we ain't ever seen. You know, we don't see cars like that. So we washed the car, and he is very particular, which I get now. At the time, I didn't. I didn't know any better, but I guess he had, like, a clear coat on the Mustang. And then I think his rims had some sort of clear coat on them or something. We had a, we had a, a tire brush, you know, like a, like a scrub brush, and he said, only touch the tires. Do not use that on oh, the no. rims. Oh, no. Yes, sir, Mr. Dowdy. What's the first thing that happens? Someone touched the One of the rims. damn knuckleheads uses it on the rims or whatever. All I know is – this is all I remember from the, from, from the second Mr. Dowdy said, don't touch the rims. All I remember is him coming back because we did a terrible job. <laughs> He's like, y'all suck. You need to do this again. This is This is shoddy work. You got to do better. So – we're like, oh, right. I'm like giving so you we kids try. a dime. I mean, I I tell you, I think Mr. Dowdy was half crazy that he even brought his clear coat Mustang to a bunch of eighth yeah, graders. Yeah, that's on him.
2: That's not on y'all. To,
0: to wash the car. I mean, dude. Yeah, you 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 drink. You bring your Hyundai Elantra to get it washed. Right. <laughs> you bring the Hyundai Elantra that's stuck in the garage with the broken
1: toe arm. Mm-hmm. Like, good Lord. Yeah, you don't bring your nice car. That's Listen, you—the kids screwed up, but that's. Yeah. Oh,
2: Mr. Dowdy we'll had some questionable side. marketing decisions. It sounds like.
1: Hey, speaking
0: of being Mr. Bruin, I watched a movie last night with my daughter, called Wonder. <laughs> have y'all seen this movie?
1: No, I have not. Can't say I that I've heard seen of it.
0: it. Man, it really touched me, big time. Okay. What happened? It's a. It's about Julia Roberts is in it mm. and. Uh, What's the guy's name? Uh, oh. Richard Gere. Uh, no, that's a different Julia Roberts movie. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Yeah, that's it. And and he they play the parents of this little boy who had some complications at birth and had some facial deformities and had to go through all of this surgery just to kind of build his face. And it walks through – the decision to, for this little boy to go to middle school. He'd been homeschooled because of his appearance. and
1: He's got Treacher Collins Syndrome.
0: Okay. And so. I've watched so, this
1: movie now that you mention it. Yeah. He yeah. goes
0: to middle school and it's all about all of the dynamics, the social dynamics so of middle school. This. Which are so hard. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Middle school and high school are, are not always easy when it comes to the social aspects of those arenas. And, man, this this little boy, you know, he struggled at first. He was being picked on. He was being bullied, et cetera, et cetera. And, th- and it took one. It took one guy. It took one guy to decide, I'm going to be that guy's friend. Yeah. And – what happened because the one young man made the decision to be the character's name is august they called him augie he decided to be augie's friend and everything that came from that and at the end of the movie i was i was genuinely crying because i was so emotionally moved
1: by the power of kindness yeah I actually saw, I, I saw a TikTok of the movie and I, I want to say, I could get the quote wrong, but I think a teacher a principal said, he can't change how he looks, but we can change how we look at him. Yeah. Mm. Yep. It's a beautiful thing,
0: man. I don't know when the movie, Twenty seventeen. I know that Julia Roberts has a Kinko's reference, which I don't know if Kinko's even exists anymore. So that kind of gave away the date. When was it? Was it
2: 2017. I just, I just looked it up okay. on IMDB and. Yeah, they got the trailer playing up here at the top I'm about to bust a damn leak in my eyes right now too just remember it's
0: uh you, I, I look I highly recommend as a family if you have kids that are in high school or, or middle school uh you know Laney and I were explaining to Mia we were watching it with Mia and she was inquisitive why we got so emotional about it And when you're watching it from the parental perspective versus the kid perspective, you know, Mia's in that exact window right now. And so, you know, she she's experiencing some of those things personally. But when you see it from a parental perspective and all you want is the absolute best most magical experience for your kids and you know that they're hurting and you want to do everything you can to strong arm and influence their lives into a magical experience but you just can't because the the parental condition is one of guidance and hope but so much of it when they get to middle school and forward is out of your control and it's just a really beautiful message man i was really moved by it big time i highly recommend y'all watch it with your kids speaking of racing in alabama i wasn't the only guy the cup series was there at talladega super speedway and that siren was ringing down there in dawsonville as our brother chase Elliott won at talladega in an unbelievable finish just ahead of ryan blaney and we are headed to charlotte for the bank of america roval 400 race that who chase elliott has won in the past which was one of the coolest burnouts ever i don't know if you guys have seen this but chase did a burnout jumped up on top of his race car forgot to put the car in gear and he like used it as a surfboard
1: well, if you remember Marty, he wrecked there at like the at the beginning. Yeah, drove us straight into turn one fence. We were we were at that race because it was a person won a trip to go to that race and uh, drink with you and McGee, and well, we we drank a lot.
0: It, really fun. We had a blast, uh, and that was a great race. It's always a great race. The, the it's road a fun courses, one to watch. road courses in the Cup Series uh, these days are some of the most physical, uh, high energy uh, races that we have in the Cup Series, and so this one's going to be no different. Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, A.J. Allmendinger, those guys are all going to be players when we get to the Roval this weekend. If you guys have not been and you live in the greater Charlotte area or you haven't seen a road course race, get your tickets now because so much is on the line, and this one is always a thrilling finish. The Bank of America Roval 400 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. All right, that is the Marty Smith Podcast for this week. Go watch Wonder. Go check out the NASCAR race and college football is drunk. We appreciate y'all. Have a great one. Travis, thank you. Wes, thank you. Everybody be good. Thank you so much to our law enforcement officials all over the country working so hard to keep our community safe, fire, and rescue. Amazing, amazing, amazing what you guys do every single day. Thank you for your service to the community and the United States military. We are free because of your sacrifice. Thank you so much to our teachers. Thank you for helping us raise up the youngins. Back to that movie, wonder just a minute. The teacher
1: character in that movie is an angel. Go watch that movie. Can can I add the the line workers that all are going down to Florida and help trying to restore that and the power? Do you see how many trucks were just waiting to get down there to help out?
0: Absolutely. Uh, Need to mention everybody that was affected – Holy cow. Everybody that was affected by Hurricane Ian, all of you folks down in Florida, um, the governor says it's going to be a years-long recovery process. It certainly looks that way. Uh, we're thinking of y'all. Hope we can help in some way. If you guys can help, go to redcross.org and donate. Well said, Travis. Thank you, guys. Have an awesome week. This is the Marty Smith Podcast at Outsider.